So I've got a sermon this morning. I'm really excited about been getting ready for it this week. And uh, I had a moment where I was trying to decide, what am I going to call this sermon? What title am I going to give? And usually in the week on a Tuesday or a Wednesday, Cindy Barnes has to email me and say, Matt, what's your title? Um, and it always sparks me and gets me going a little bit when she has to ask me and come after me for it. And, and this week, I had this phrase come to mind when I was thinking about what I was going to talk about today. And I'm wondering if we have any NBA fans in the room. All right, like three of us. So so there's this NBA player. His name is Joel Embiid, and I believe he plays for the 76ers. And he has this trademark phrase that he often says, and this is what it is. It's, trust the process. He says it all the time. In his interviews to the media, trust the process. With his teammates, trust the process. Puts it on his social media all the time. Trust the process. And I've often, often wondered, what does Joel mean when he's saying trust the process? And, and I'm sure he has a meaning for that. And, and it's, it's gotta be something to do with, hey, we're gonna keep going as a team. We may not win this year, but trust the process. We're developing. We're putting something together and we're gonna be victorious in the end. And, and as I was thinking about this sermon this week and what I'm gonna talk about, I thought, uh, what better a title than trust the process. So go ahead, Mike. You can bring that up. I see Mike standing in the back holding this bench. You just, you, I should have left you standing there all service, Mike. So trust the process. Today I want to, I want to do a little teaching and then I, I'm going to do a little demonstration. All right. Now, no one worry. Nothing's going to get too crazy up here, but I'm, I'm hoping for those of us who may not be as used to sitting through a, a teaching you can hold on because I'm going to demonstrate it very clearly of what my, my topic is today. To, to begin, I want to start with a verse in Philippians. It's in chapter 2. It's 12 through 13, and it'll be up on the screen. Paul's writing to the church of Philippi here, and, and he's just finished, uh, to give context, he's just finished writing to the church of Philippi about the work that Jesus has done of salvation for them. And this is how he's kind of coming to a close of this part of his uh, this letter when he's talking about the work Jesus has done. And he says this, So then, my beloved, just as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, he says this, Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. And trembling. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who is at work in you, both woo, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Now, in, in the life of a believer, I believe there are two significant events that happen in us by the work of God and in the process he has ordained from before time for our salvation, all right? And, and these are two big words that I'm going to teach on a little bit this morning, and I want to define them for you. The, the first one is justification. Can everyone who's hearing me say justification? The second one is sanctification. Can you say sanctification? Now, when you're around the church long enough, you're going to hear these two words quite often, but, but I want to give the benefit of the doubt this morning that there may be some people in, the, in this room who are saying justification, not sure what that is. Sanctification, I don't know what that is either. Interesting words. 
So let's start with justification. And remember, these are two significant events that take place in every believer's life. Justification is, is defined as this by the Lexham Survey of, of Theology. Uh, it is a Christian's judicial acceptance by God as not guilty because his sins are not counted against him. So justification is this. In the moment that we uh, have saving faith in Jesus, think about this, really saving, th- saving faith happening inside of us. It, it's beyond an, an, an external proclamation of faith. Remember that the work of salvation is done in our heart and, and not just by our proclamation. So justification is, is the work that's done immediately inside of our heart when we have saving faith in the work that Jesus has done. And, and in that moment, our sins that we have that are separating us from God are then uh, justified before the throne and the court of God. Think of it this way. Let's say that you're in a courtroom and, and you've committed a heinous crime. And the judge is there, and he is about to read you your sentence. And in the last moment, someone walks in and says, I'm going to take the punishment of that crime from you, from Matt. I'm going to take that punishment on myself. See, that's the work Jesus has done. And in that moment, the judge declares you not guilty. Because the work of Jesus on the cross has justified us before the throne of God, all right? Does that make sense? So that's justification in the most simple way. Now, now justification, when we think about it, 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 it is at one point in time. It is, it is a finished work. And it's based entirely on the righteousness of Jesus and the work he did on the cross. The only part we have it have in it is our saving faith. That's the only part we have. He did all the work on the cross to redeem us from our sins. When, when our debt is then paid in full, we don't have any more payment to make for that debt. It's very important to understand that Jesus' the work of the cross was complete. There's no more payment to be justified before God. So that's justification. Now, sanctification is a little different. Sanctification is the ongoing supernatural work of God to rescue justified sinners from the disease of sin, and to conform them to the image of his son, Jesus. Holy, Christ-like, and empowered to do good works. That's the work of sanctification. And, and, and sanctification and justification, they're, they're inseparable. There really are, you can't have one without the other, but they're uniquely different. See, um, sanctification, instead of being just a one-time thing like justification is, it is an ongoing process. And it, it begins at, at, at the justification that we have. John, John Calvin said it this way, and it really helped me think about this more clearly. He said, uh, it is therefore faith and faith alone which justifies, and yet the faith with, which justifies us is not alone. Just as it is the heat alone in the sun that warms the earth, yet the sun is not alone because it is constantly conjoined with light. So think about it this way. The sun gives heat and the sun gives us light. Justification and sanctification are not inseparable. 
but they are a little bit unique from one another in the way that we see it playing out. So I, I hope I'm making sense, and, and I want to just lay out a slide to help us understand the two and the difference. So if we, if we can go ahead and put that up. So justification first, like I said, to summarize that, completed immediately. Jesus's work on the cross has done the justification work. Sanctification begins immediately, and it's ongoing. It keeps going on and on and on. Uh, justification is only the work done by God. The only part we have is saving faith. Sanctification, though, is a co-laboring with God. More on that in a minute. Justification is us being set free from sin's penalty, and sanctification is us being set free from sin's power. All right? So these two things happen in the life of a believer. We say yes to Jesus. We proclaim the faith that we have within us. This thing happens immediately inside of us. Inside of us, the Holy Spirit comes, abides in us in the life of a believer. Justification has now happened. Sanctification has now begun. Now, sanctification, to define more clearly in practical terms, is really what we see the maturity path of a believer walking on. It's like a child. When a child is born, we see they can't walk, they can't feed themselves, they can't take care of themselves. If they didn't have someone else helping them and someone to depend on, they're not going to get very far in life, right? In the same way, we as believers... We have the gift of God in us. We're fully, hum- we're, we're fully saved, just like that baby is fully human in that moment. But to grow, we've got some work to do. Our one-year-old this week and the last few weeks, he's been trying to figure out how to walk. And it's been, um, how old is he? He's almost 14 months old. And he's, he's uh, struggling through that process now of pulling up on stuff, scooting along stuff. But he doesn't quite have the maturity or confidence or strength yet to just stand up on his own free of anything else and walk. He needs help, but he's in a maturing process. Does that make sense? That's what sanctification is in us. Now, many people will say, and I have this same thought, hold on right there, Pastor Matt. If God is doing a sanctification work in every believer's life, why aren't believers moving on to more maturity? Why aren't believers growing up? And this is a valid question. We see many people who have received the saving faith of Jesus and believe in the work he's done and have had been justified not grow up too far beyond that point. And that's really what I want to talk about today is, is how we are going to live out a life that is going to be in the process of sanctification. Now the bell's probably going off in your head. There's my title. Trust the process. See, God has got us in a process that is going to help us grow and go to new levels and new places of maturity. And if we go back and then look at Philippians 2, 12, and 13, remember what Paul said to the church of Philippi. Now work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Think about that. Paul's saying, you've got a part in the work. You've got some work to do to work out your salvation. And, and when he says fear and trembling, Paul's not saying live in a life of bondage of fear. Paul's saying, take this 
seriously. There's a work that's being done, and you've got to give it some serious intentional effort here. Fear and trembling, I mean, this is like when you get a new job. When I walk into a new job, even now, um, starting to take on more at the church and learn new things, and I'm going to launch into some more things, I'm taking everything that's in front of me very seriously with some fear and trembling of, oh boy, what is this going to mean, right? That's, that's kind of the idea Paul is saying, is, is work, things, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. This is a serious work God's going to do in you. And then he adds, for it is God who, has, who is at work within you, both to will, so to decide, and to work, so to do the activities, for his good pleasure. Am I making sense? Am I making sense? All right. So there's, there's this reality in sanctification that I just want to touch on here and, and explain. And I want to help you guys visualize it a little bit. The work of sanctification, when we become a believer, it's not going to be a linear path upward. It's, it's not a smooth sailing process like this, this line here, right? A straight line that goes up. If you can imagine at the bottom, there's Matt. At the top, there's Christ-likeness. There's conformity to Jesus. My, my maturity is not going to go on that path. It's going to look a little more like this. Up, down. Up, down. Two steps forward, one step back, right? The, think about the process that we see believers walk in where they have an encounter with the Lord. And man, there's a fire put in their heart and the Holy Spirit's doing a work in them. And at that moment, there's a maturity that can go up. There's a new comprehension of who God is. And we're conforming more to Christ's likeness. But then after that, things can get dry. We may lose some interest in some of what we just learned and we come back down. And you'll see as, as this chart goes up and down, uh, the ups and the downs hopefully get a little less severe. The highs may not be quite as high, but that's because the lows are not coming as low. In, in our maturity to Christ, we hopefully will get more steady. Now, there are cases where people later in life, as the sanctification work has gone on, have a big setback, right? That happens. But, but the hope for a believer is that as they wrestle with the Holy Spirit, conjoined in the work to overcome the power of sin in their life, hopefully the ups and downs become less severe. And in the end, on the next slide, you'll see the trajectory is still upward. We still are conforming more to Christ's likeness. But the ups and downs, that's the battle. That's the battle that we engage in. And there are really three um, essential and practical ingredients that I see in sanctification. There, there are more elements to the work of sanctification, but I believe these are three essential ones that are required of us. Now, I, I want to express clearly, sanctification is not our work alone, but is not, it's not void of our engagement. It's not void of the work we want to do. An example of a sanctified believer and their activities is they serve. Sanctified believers engage and serve. And, and guess what? If you're going to get up in the morning and go serve somewhere, that is your part in the work. 
you got to get yourself there and be disciplined, right? In sanctification, the Holy Spirit is working in us to mature us. But if we try to stay out of that process, we may not grow all that much. We've got to engage the work with our will and with these three elements of sanctification. So the first one that's required of sanctification is time. Now in Philippians, a little earlier on than the verse I just said, um, Paul said this. He said, I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you, all right, you're seeing that's, that, that good work is sanctification. He who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Now, when Paul says the day of Christ Jesus, Paul believes here, I, this is my interpretation, um, that, that Jesus is going to return in his lifetime. So I just want to make clear the parallel here. What, what Paul is saying is until the day of Christ Jesus, or I'm going to add in Matt Cherry version a little bit, or we die. Um, until that day, the good work that God began in us of sanctification should be carried on. We should keep growing. And so, so sanctification takes time. And because it takes a lifetime, it's not fast. We live in a culture that is um, fascinated and strives towards instant gratification, right? I mean, we can get things quickly. I can order something on Amazon, and it's going to be here in two days, and it, it may come from California. Instant gratification, we're trained into this in our culture. And, and culturally, it's a beautiful thing. But, but our growth as believers, we've got to understand, it's not going to come quickly. Now, sometimes the Holy Spirit will do a work in you, and set you free from something, and it is immediate. But let me tell you, when we start where we are, and we're going towards Christ's likeness, that's not going to be a fast process. You're not going to be able to jump in and be sanctified and set apart by God (laughs) quickly. It's just not the way this works. So it takes time. Now, the beauty of that is that when we have time, and we have that setback, there's time. We can re-engage. Today, each of us have an opportunity to re-engage wherever we're at in the process of sanctification. That's the beauty of time. But it's not going to come quickly. There's no three-step plan that'll get you there. I'm so sorry. I would love that. Second thing that sanctification requires is work. It requires work on our part and the work of the Holy Spirit in us. Back to Philippians 2, um, work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it's God who is at work in you, both to will and to work. So it's both. It's neither entirely us or God. Now, the church has historically wrestled, I believe, with two significant heresies here. And it's been very challenging in every church that has ever been established um, to stay out of one heresy or the other. It's amazing how it's easy to fall into just one or the other. And these two heresies are first activism and passivism. And the heresy of of activism would say that it's solely my work 
my discipline that's going to get me sanctified. Me getting in and, and with my own will, studying the word, praying to God, serving the people, doing these things that make us more like Christ. And, and that's a heresy because um, Scripture is so clear that we are not going to attain any Christ-likeness but for the work Christ has done in us. And if you, if you have any question on this, I encourage you, go to Ephesians 2. Paul makes it so clear to the church of Ephesus that it's the grace of God that brings us closer to Christ-likeness. Even from the beginning, it's by grace that you've been saved through faith, and that not of yourself, it's a gift of God. And, and the reason, Paul says, it's, it's so that no man can boast. No one can say, I'm better than anyone else because I've done this work. It's God's work that does it. And that is speaking to justification, but all through Ephesians 2, um, you'll see both justification and sanctification. The other heresy is passivism. It's a form of, of theology that says the Holy Spirit does the work of salvation and Jesus did the work of justification and therefore sanctification is also only a work of God. I've just got to step back and passively let the Lord do the work in me. Now, think about this. Activism and passivism. There's both an element there for us to engage in. There's a moment where we've got to get in and do the work with the Holy Spirit. And as far as the Lord's work in that, we're passive too. That's his work. But when the Lord is doing that passive work, if we try to step back and say, well, I'm going to go do whatever I want to do because I don't need to have a discipline to do some work here because the Lord's sanctifying me. Let me just tell you, you're not going to get very far in sanctification if you're not willing to engage the work a little bit. Does that make sense? James 2 speaks, to, speaks against passivism very clearly. So that's a good spot to go look at. Um, Paul, uh, James says this. I don't know why I keep saying Paul. James says this. Um, he says, you show me your faith without your works, and I'll show you my faith by my works. He's saying the two are inseparable. If you've got faith, You'll have works. That process will start, and you will see it going out in your life. Faith spurs us to action, and that's where sanctification is doing its work in us. So that's sanctification. It it requires time. It requires work. And then the last thing I want to touch on is that sanctification requires help. Not only do we need the help of the Holy Spirit if we're going to be sanctified, we need the help of others. Think about my one-year-old Edison. Right now, I'm in the process of kind of walking him around, right? He needs help to learn how to walk. He can't do it on his own. And as believers, we are that same way. We need help if we're going to be sanctified. We need to see the people who are ahead of us in maturity and have been further sanctified, still partial but further sanctified, be inspired by their sanctification and say, I want some of that. And go and pursue the help to grow in our sanctification. It's essential. And, and here at Victory, we, we work hard to build those opportunities. When you look at life groups, 
Fellowship Fridays here on a Sunday morning, the different Bible studies, Awana, youth group. Think about all of this is towards the purpose of let's get them justified and let's help them in sanctification to become more like Christ. That's the mission of the church. So there's my teaching. You all survived it. And now I just want to demonstrate very practically, and you're going to realize now why this is up here. Um, it's amazing in looking through the room, most people's eyes have been more over here than right here. I, I want to just demonstrate this work, and I couldn't think of a better example to, to demonstrate what sanctification is than physical fitness, weightlifting, and training. All right? Now, this is my example. You've got your own. I, I'm not going to go out of here and tell everyone in this room it's time to get in shape. All right? <laughs> But spiritually, let me tell you, if you've been justified, it's time to get in shape. It's time to get in shape. So if you've been out of this process, my encouragement to you today is engage. And and the way I think about it is this, and I just want to share my own story in this. A a few years ago, I don't remember when it was, before we moved here, I, I reached a point where I was like, you know, I see the path that a lot of people are on around me. And I don't know that physically I want to go on that path. So I I thought to myself, self, if you'll start doing some exercise and working out, maybe, just maybe, you can feel better day to day. This is the things that I've heard. You'll feel better day to day. You'll feel stronger. You'll live healthier. You may not have as many health challenges. You can be active with your kids and your grandkids. Get down on the floor and play with them. Um, And hopefully... If you get your body in a good enough shape, you can live a long enough life to fulfill the call of God on your life without the distraction of the physical ailments. Now, is any of that guaranteed? No, it's not. I've seen some of the most healthy people have sickness in their 20s and 30s that's been debilitating. And that's just the reality. But I I thought to myself, self, give yourself your best shot. So I decided, you know, I'm going to start doing this. So I got myself a gym membership. And I went in and I started working out and I realized there, you know, I don't know what to do with any of this stuff. I'm one of those people that that was in the gym and I was just doing goofy stuff. People were probably laughing at me for the the exercises I was trying to do with these machines totally wrong. Anyone else ever been there? All right, a bunch of liars. (laughs) If you've started at the gym without help, I know you've done some goofy stuff in there, okay? At the same time, exercising was hard. I, I mean, I remember, you know, I, when I got started, I, I got these weights. And, and let me tell you, these with certain exercises are pretty heavy. But when I went over to, to the bench and I got down, I mean, I would just sit here and struggle and struggle to lift these weights. And I'd hit a, a point that I just had to just drop them on the floor and just say, I can't do it anymore. They're too heavy. They're, they're too hard. And I didn't have any help. But what I was willing to do was to put the time in. I was there, yet I got tired. And I thought, you know, certain days I'd be sitting on the couch, turn on my Cardinal baseball game, and it was kind of my time to go to the gym. And I was like, you know, maybe I'll go tomorrow. And I kind of quit putting the time in, right? <laughs> but... I realize, again, I'm falling back, right? If we put that chart back up, 
I, I kind of had a, a peek, said, I'm going to do this. It was kind of a big jump just to say, I'm going to do it, get a gym membership. But I came back down. I realized I'm weak. I don't have any help. I don't like doing the time. It's just hard work, and I get exhausted. But after some time, I decided, you know what? I'm going to re-engage this. And um, I invited my trainer to be here this morning, so he will be the witness to all of you. Since I started this, um, when I show up in the gym still, I've been getting more consistent. Is that right, Sandy? More consistent. But still, every time I walk in, he acts surprised that I'm there. <laughs> every single time. He's like, Matt, what are you doing here? Every time. Even if I'm getting consistent, he's surprised. That's because in the past, it's been this on again, off again, on again, off again. Because it's hard work, right? It's hard work to grow. I hope you're seeing the parallels I go through this. This is sanctification. It's hard work to grow. And I realized, you know, if I'm trying to do this work by myself, I just don't know that I'm going to get there. I don't have the accountability. I don't have the instruction. And I don't have the inspiration of someone ahead of me that's going to help me get there. So I picked it up again. Then I dropped it, and I picked it up again. It's a process, okay? It happens. <laughs> but after time, I, I started deciding, you know what? If this is important to me, I'm going to prioritize the time. I'm actually going to give it the time it deserves. So I put it in my calendar. Three days a week, I'm going to be there. It's going to have to be something pretty serious to interrupt this time because I want to be healthy. So three days a week, I'm going to be there. It's a priority. And if it's not an emergency or a meeting I can't avoid, I do my best to be there. And then I, I get in there and I, and I say to myself, you know, if I'm going to do this hard work, I'm going to have to come in with an attitude that says, you know, I'm ready to conquer something. I'm ready to conquer something. I won't let the difficulty of this work stop me from reaching my goals. And, and then the third thing, and this is where the time, uh, I'm sorry, the help comes in. I said to myself, if I try to go to the gym by myself, I've seen this process before. I'm going to quit again. So I said, you know what? I need to get help. So I got a trainer and I got a group of guys and Mike's in that group and, and we get there together and you know what? We push each other. And I go much further than I ever would have. And, and after a while, Mike, I might need you to come up here and help me. After a while, I could grab some bigger weights. I got stronger. And, and I could, see, I haven't done this cold in a little while, so let's see how this goes. I, I could grab some bigger weights, and I could press it. And I could press it. And, and, <laughs> and after... Think, think about this. If, if you've ever lifted weights, you know there's this thing called a spotter, right? And this is someone else's job. And when I would push it, you know, uh, third round, I'm on my seventh rep, or sooner if you know Sandy. Uh, I, I need somebody to come behind me. And Mike, show him how you do it. He comes behind me, and I'm getting weak. And what he does is he grabs my wrists, and he helps me stabilize so I can go a little further and grow a little more. See, it's hard to get up from that. Does that make sense? Now, I got to tell you, I'm young, and when it comes to the spiritual maturity, it's a lot like these weights. Now, if you've ever lifted weights, let me tell you a secret. 
those aren't that heavy. They're not that heavy, but it's growth. I had those 25s before. Now I can pick up the 50s and push them out. I'm growing. And, and there are still people here in this church who are ahead of me in sanctification. I look at Brian. What a stable, steady guy. And I, and I think, man, what sanctification work has God done in Brian, my father-in-law, to where he can have the trials of life come, but he's steady. He doesn't have those high excitement and then the letdown afterwards. And I look at Glenn and, and I hear Glenn speak to the history of the word and, and the history of the church. There's something Glenn and I often talk about. And I say to myself, you know, I, I haven't put in the work to be sanctified to a degree that I understand this part of my faith like Glenn does. And it inspires me. It inspires me. And let me tell you, if you don't have help in your work of sanctification, you need some. And if nothing else, get yourself in a position where you can be inspired towards Christlikeness. And I want to demonstrate that today. Sandy, will you come on up? So I invited my trainer today, and I just want to show you guys something that inspires me. When I'm sitting here and I grab these 50s, and I'm just going and going, you know, I may be feeling good, but then Sandy always comes over. They're back here, guys. And he grabs these weights, and I, and I realize they are so much more than I am able to conquer. These, Sandy, how heavy are these? 100 pounds each, all right? Twice the weight I'm carrying, twice the physical maturity, and a little more than twice the physical physique, if you can't tell, that I have. But he can, he can inspire me and walk up here. You ready? How many do you need? All right, knock out five. All right, and Mike, let's not let him drop them on the floor. They'll go through the stage. All right, so one, two, Three, four, five. I know he's going to keep going. Six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. Spot it, Mike. Fifteen, sixteen, and he's down. Sixteen times. Thank you, Sandy. Love you, bro. See, that inspires me. I look at the physical maturity in that, and, and you know what? Here's the truth. I could be discouraged when I see that and say, I don't think these arms and this chest are ever going to do that. But, but instead I decide, I think I'm going to let that motivate me to push a little further. And, and sometimes I may go and say, let me pick up that 55. Let's see if I can push a little further. But if I didn't have Sandy in front of me for a few reasons, first, to hold me accountable to be there. Second, to give me the hard work and to push me to do the hard work. And third, to show me what's ahead of me and to inspire me, I may just step out of the process. And that's what sanctification is like, guys. God wants to do a work in us to will and to work for his good pleasure. And we've got to engage that process with him. We can't do it alone. And let me tell you, we can't do it if we're going to be lazy. We've got to engage the work. God is ready and able to do the work in us. 
there's no issue in his strength. Oftentimes for believers, the biggest question is, will we engage it and grow? Now, we've got to stay out of the activism, right, and say, I'm going to do this by myself. Because let me tell you, if you're anything like me, you're going to quit. You're going to get discouraged. It's not going to work. But when we engage with the Holy Spirit and we say, Lord, I want to engage this work with you, we will grow. So my word this morning to just conclude, trust the process. The Lord's got us on a process. It's not quick. It's going to have its ups and downs. Trust the process. And we can be sanctified to, uh, to get in the fight, co-labor with the Lord, and over time, more and more, overcome the power of sin. The, the penalty's gone, but the power is still there, and we've got to overcome it with the help of the Holy Spirit and our engagement. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you so much for this group. Lord, thank you for this church and that we get to be here together this morning. Lord, I, I thank you for the work that you do in justification first and foremost, that you died and your blood washed our sins away. Lord, we couldn't have any of this if it weren't for your blood. We were destined to eternal judgment. So Lord, we say thank you. You've justified us. And Father, as we enter the work of sanctification, Lord, I ask again, if nothing else out of this message, we'd be inspired to pick up again and say, you know, I want to grow. Maybe there are people in this room and you've had an area of life that you've engaged before and said, hey, I need to grow here. But you've kind of, you've kind of backed off. You've kind of let go of that work. And, and maybe today, Lord, you just inspire us to just pick that up again. Maybe it's that scripture reading. Maybe it's that life group we thought about going to. Maybe it's the prayer. Maybe it's serving. And, and Father, I just ask today that you would give us grace. Your Holy Spirit would come alongside us to co-labor in this and to do a work that would see us through to more and more Christ-likeness until either you return or we go to be with you. Father, I just thank you for this family. Ask as we go out into the world that we would be your light, that we would shine brightly and people would see Jesus in us and would desire you through the the life that we live and the work we do. In your name we pray. Amen.